You know why I'm so passionate about Music to Code By? Because it works. I'm still getting a steady stream of success stories from developers just like you who sail effortlessly through hours of coding. There's only one problem. They can't get enough. Well, not only are we up to track 13, but you can download them all in one shot for a new low price. The collection was 54 bucks just a little while ago, still only a little more than four bucks a track, but now you can get all 13 for only 39 bucks. That's only three bucks a track. Yeah, that's more like it. 325 minutes of pure bliss. Go get it now at collection.musictocodeby.net. .NET Rocks, episode 1366, with guest Ward Bell. Recorded Friday, October 7th, 2016. Well, welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And just in case you didn't know, I'm on the East Coast of North America, and he's on the West Coast, and we get together through the magic of the telephone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is it's raining on both edges. Oh, my gosh. And this hurricane that sort of happened yesterday. Kind of happened, you know, time-shifting. What? <laughs> yeah, and it's still happening. This is October 7th, so the day after the hurricane made landfall in uh, Florida, and I guess it's kind of a mess down there. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to talk about happy things because Ward Bell is here and he's the happiest developer in all of the .NET community. Yes, he is. And beyond. Yes. And beyond. Happy, happy, <laughs> happy. <laughs> Shut up. Just wait until we talk to you. We're trying to work here. We're trying to work here. This is a serious show. <laughs> well, it's going well. For something completely serious, let's roll the very serious music for Better Know Framework. <laughs> Oh, no, that's serious. That's seriously dumb. That's what that is. <laughs> Sometimes you even play music with your instruments. Yeah, I know. That's right. We don't want to talk about that. That. Yeah. So today I have an announcement. The Project Poly, P-O-L-L-Y. Oh, I know that one. Yes, which helps you do transient error handling and exception handling uh, according to a policy, and that's what the poly really stands for, policy. Right. Although we've got a nice parrot uh, logo, it's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice. It's always, always about the logo. It's all about the logo. Well, this is a, a project that AppVNext, my consultancy, took over, and uh, it's open source, it's on GitHub, and now the announcement is it's in the .NET Foundation. Oh, congratulations, dude. Yes. That's pretty cool. Very, very cool. This is just good, good stuff. So there's a blog post at, uh, since this is show 1366, at 1366.pwop.me, and you can read all about it there. Okay. So there you go. Go get your poly goodness, and now it's been sanctified by the .NET Foundation. Nice. Sanctified. Sanctified. <laughs> sanctified by Bill Wagner. There you go. <laughs> so, and uh, Martin Woodward. So who's talking to us, Richard? Uh, grabbed a comment off of show 1339, the one we did with Joseph Woodward, when we were talking about Angular 2 CLI. Yeah. 
And uh, this comment comes from Boyan, who says, Great show as usual, guys. I've used Angular CLI a couple of months ago when I first learned about it. It's a good tool, but I feel that with the abstraction it provides, it also cripples people as to add some of the understanding about how things work under the hood. Just always a challenge with abstractions, right? Yeah. On top of that, it's not quite mature yet. I had some trouble with the cast compiler right out of the gate. You had still have to build your own bundling, and I couldn't easily use an external component like Bower. So instead, I went with a custom build chain using gulp tasks. That had its challenges as well, and now I really understand how, where, and what with Angular 2. So in the end, just getting the bundling working right meant he had to thoroughly understand how this stuff worked. Yeah. And now I'm going to integrate CLI into my future projects, which, you know, and that, what a better recommendation than that. I struggled through this hard thing mm. and came out the other side with an appreciation of it. And now it's important for everything I do. Yeah. Amazing. For anyone getting started with Angular 2, I highly recommend following the quick start on the Angular 2 site. And don't forget to develop with your Chrome dev tools open. Yes. If you have trouble, Stack Overflow is a great resource. And I'm constantly on there trying to help anyone trying to get through the same pain that I did, which makes you a good man, boy, and I appreciate that. That's right. And if you don't know the answer, just ask John Skeet. He'll That's figure it. it out for you. And save the princess. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, back. Somebody has to get Skeet a little princess, I That's think. Right. Next time I, we see I think we'll see him in London. I'm definitely going to have to give him something. I think a Photoshop is in order. Yeah, Somebody totally. please do that. Yeah. Okay. Skeet as uh, Link. That's it. Rescuing yes. Zelda. Rapunzel. So, uh, Boyan, thank you so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .netrocks.com or via any of our social media. So we publish every show to Facebook and Google+. And if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. Send us a tweet. We make feather boas out of them. Of course we do. I don't know why I said that. We make gold lame pants out of them. Gold lame pants and feather boas. We make zoot suits out of them. <laughs> What man in his right mind would wear stuff like that? Okay, know. so let's introduce Ward Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Ward is president of IdeaBlade, a consulting and product company, makers of Breeze JS. And Ward is currently editor in chief of Google's Angular 2 documentation. He's a Google GDE and a Microsoft MVP, and perhaps best known for his sartorial resplendence. I love that. That's a good one. And people ask how he can dress like that. Easy. Close eyes, reach in the closet, done. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I do that, I end up with a feather bow up my nose. Yes. And not only feather bows and Golda May pants, but some of the sharpest zoot suits I've ever seen, including oh, one that comes with a pack of batteries that's so big it could power your laptop for days. Yes. Welcome, Ward. Oh, it is so good to be here. It's so good to have you. Yeah. No, I love this show, uh, and I can't wait to start hurling insults uh, throughout <laughs> the show. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. It's Shut up. Friendly. Shut the f*** up. Oh, there goes the family-friendly part. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're On done. the inside. <laughs> On the inside. <laughs> oh, man. So we've been talking to you about IdeaBlade, and then we were talking about um, all sorts of tools that you were using in the Silverlight days and the WPF days, and then you got into uh, the binding stuff and Knockout and Angular, and you and John Papa have some great uh, talks that you do, and not only at Dev Intersection, but all over the world. 
Uh, and you guys are sort of the the uh, angular people now. And Let's I call think me that's Angular awesome. Mafia. Yeah, I think it's oh, awesome. But but yeah, it's also interesting where you came from, right? You came from Windows binding and then moved into sort of the the web world. Actually, I came from Big Iron. I came from. <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to go back, yeah, we really want to go up IBM. You know, and, yeah. Uh, mainframe stuff and god who knows how this story plays out right no yeah when our ui improvements was going for the 40 uh, 40 character wide to 80 character wide on the screen that was <laughs> that was a big step up okay oh, welcome god. to three old guys talk so <laughs> yeah that's it. no we're not doing that yeah angular 2 documentation so this, yeah how did you get sucked into i mean how did you volunteer for that job exactly well i just um i was sitting around bitching like everybody else uh and uh and you know I, I i had some access to the team and i just kept bitching and telling them i know how you could do this and you should do this and you do that and they said oh yeah well what if you got the job and you know it was a put up or shut up time right <laughs> so they contracted with us and um i started uh, assembling uh this team that you know many of them around the world who a team of authors developer authors because we really wanted it to be developers uh behind it not just a bunch of tech writers right um uh, and so in some cases people are more developer than author but everybody was enthusiastic and smart and committed and suddenly we started putting together this site that is the kind of is, is kind of close to the do- kind of documentation I would want to use as a developer and okay. I, I can tell you what that means to me um, to me, f- the first thing is I want it to be accurate. Yeah. How do I know? Uh, see, now you're taking all the fun out of I it. I know. Just, I know. I know. And with a fast moving. You know, what drives me crazy about documentation is, and general web content is that sometimes people don't take time to date it. Right. And if it's not dated, it could be completely irrelevant and you won't know until the time, let's say you get to the bottom of it and you see the date. Or, or there's no date whatsoever, and then you've wasted time with something that is completely irrelevant. And you know, it's gotten worse that way because now, like, if I read a Stack Overflow post for something uh, that's three months old, I can just throw it away. It doesn't apply. <laughs> yeah, you know it's wrong. <laughs> right. Well, it depends on the product, too. Like, I'm gar- I guarantee you there are posts on, like, MSMQ in Stack Overflow that are eight years old and still relevant because that product... It works. There's nothing more to do to it. Right. So it's not like you can just take old stuff down. You, no. It has to be curated. And yes. in, curating is even more of an important job than writing in the first place. Well, we finessed that. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are right, though. Though I mean, it really does depend on the tech. And this was particularly hard going for anybody in, who was trying to do it about Angular 2 because in the last year and a half or so, the, the, the thing has you know turned over several times and... And it would be very frustrating for anyone to say, uh, start with something three months ago and hope yeah. that any of the steps that they were following were going to work. Right. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, I, I think that that has changed now that it's in re- full release. Uh, we're not going to see that kind of thing, but, uh, people were eager to get going back when it was beta and which was really alpha. And then when it was RC, which was really beta, um, so. <laughs> which seems to be the way these days, just ask the ASP.net core team. I know, I know. How many RCs, yeah. did, you know, everybody was going crazy over the changes in the RCs in Angular. And I kept saying, have you looked at .NET Core recently? Yeah. 
I think during RC, they changed the name of the product. Mm. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yep. So, um, talking about Angular 2, I found that even experts, you know, who make their living doing Angular are still in the phase of checking it out and kicking the tires and stuff. And uh, what words of encouragement would you give to people who are, you know, the Angular 1 developers to just put everything down and start looking into Angular 2? Okay, so the first word of encouragement, I would say, is that it went final uh, on September 14th or something like that. Okay. Uh, gosh, I'm suddenly reminded of a song from Hair. I, mean, <laughs> I met a boy named Frank Mills on September 14th right here in front of the Waverly. Uh, uh, note to editors, can you put the music behind Ward there so we can get the folks? I'm changing the title of the show to Show Tunes with Ward Bell. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. And Life you guys, I mean, as a musician, Carl, you know this. Every sentence you say leads to a song somehow. Oh, it's true. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. My life and song titles. Um, you know, my wife comes up to me at the end of the day and she says, red, red wine. And I think, <gasps> that's a great song. I think How, now, it's song like that. now it's in my brain. Now it's in my brain. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, honey. Yep. So back to your question. Um, was there a question? There was. Uh, <laughs> and if I dig deep into the recesses of memory, I believe it had to do with why should we believe you this time? Uh, and the answer is that it is final and they're moving to Semver, um, uh, which uh, semantic versioning, which means that you make certain commitments about um, w where you break things and when you break things yeah. uh, that people can believe. And um, but the product, it really is. Um, it is stable. And, the, uh, you know, there's a backstory for the churn and who cares because it's going to recede into history. Mm. But um, it's there now. And uh, there are parts of things that aren't um, mature as we talk. And that and I guess uh, I saw in the early going there, you were talking about the CLI and the stuff like that from a previous show. Mm. Um, so I would say that the tool chain leading up to it is the remains the. Uh, the part that um, is most fragile, but that's about to come out, you know, in its first full release too. So, mm. uh, you know, okay, there you have, there you have that. But the, but the the thing is that it's it's ready to go. It's it's complete, and we've actually uh, there's lots of real world experience building with this thing, uh, delivering products with this thing. And sartorial resplendence aside. The one of the best things about Angular too, if I'm not mistaken, is that the, you have to write less. Like it's more dense. It, it's more. Um, it, there's less, uh, shall I say, um, plumbing code. Yeah, I think actually compared to Angular One, there is less ceremony. I believe uh, also that the future uh, for Angular Two, see, so sort of, sort of lay down the framework of here's what you'd have to do if you didn't have any conventions writing over this. Mm. You know, if you if you laid out exactly what you meant every time. Yeah. But it's designed in such a way that uh, it's super toolable, and I think that people will come along and uh, write, um, make it even easier to write less and get more out of it. Oh. Uh, so yeah, I feel good about that. Very cool. We started by talking about like like also about the docs and why you know we don't trust them generally, mm. but why you can you know so why can you trust these docs? Yeah, besides the fact that you're writing them, you're overseeing <laughs> the writing of them. I want to be clear. I'm overseeing the writing of them. Yes. I do write 
some stuff for it. Yes. Uh, but um, we started from the premise uh, at the very beginning that uh, it would be rich in samples and that all of those samples would always work with the latest version. And uh, so th- we engineered the doc site so that that would be the case. And here's how it goes. Um, every chapter has a full working sample running behind it. Uh, and then we have markup that we put in our samples so that, uh, as you're writing up a, a chapter, as you're reading a, a chapter or a page there, it reaches the way that's built is it reaches over to the sample code and plucks out the key phrase or the key snippet of code or even whole sections of code and places it in the documentation in front of you. Now, obviously that's during a build step, but, mm. but we're constantly rebuilding all the time. So, so we always have a real sample that's behind it. There is almost no code that you're reading there that isn't backed by real executing code. Wow. And then we have, I, I know this is just like hard to believe uh, nobody does this, but, but we actually have tests. Yeah. <laughs> what? <have> heard of <laughs> I know. I yeah, know. Really? I fought it. I fought it. I said, no, we don't. No, we actually have tests that run those samples, end to end tests that run over those samples. And so every time we create a PR against the documentation site, yeah, Travis kicks off on the back end and runs all of our end to end tests over all wow. the samples again and again and again. Um, and every time we bump the uh, version of Angular, before we do, we run it over that. And now, actually, the tests on the documentation are part of the approval chain. Wow! For Angular itself, we're part, you know they have their own test suites that are part of the core team, but it doesn't ship unless the docs also run. That is amazing and makes total sense. I mean, yes, samples and documentation is often thought of as a document, not as source code. That's so great. And so I'm looking at this at angular.io slash docs slash JS slash latest, which is where I got to. And you also have a TypeScript centric um, site for that, right? All right. So let me put you on the right course there. Uh, Go to the TypeScript boy. Everything is really TypeScript. Um, And also, this is about to get a a little bit of a a facelift, but the the underpinnings are still still the same. Yeah, the the, guy admit the homepage does look like a placeholder. Right, just Angular Docs. <laughs> All right, that's good. We'll make something fancy later. Yeah, yeah. The, the magic starts once you start trying to once you start getting into the docs. And right now, now, right. I, now we're hopeful that you're finding what you need to be effective. And I'm finding a quick start, a guide, an API reference, a tutorial, uh, advanced documentation for in-depth stuff, and a cookbook. So these are you know recipes for specific app challenges. Code snips. So, is this cookbook where you find a lot of the samples? You'll find samples throughout the whole thing. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, every page is rich in samples, but they they the sort of the perspective shifts. So, we have this. We try and have a short set of uh, simple guides to get you going if you knew nothing. Um, then we transition into sort of an essay format about what's what what's the feature, what's going on, what are the decisions, how do you think about it, and stuff like that. Mm. For it's kind of a long form approach. Mm-hmm. And then, but there are people who come and say, "Hey, you know, I just want to know how to do X." Right? I want to know how to boil an egg. Yeah. And so that's the, the cookbooks. Here's how to boil an egg. Uh, we're not going to, you know, if you want to know the why, why, you know, about it all, then go to the longer form guide and learn more about it. That's great. I mean, sometimes you want the short answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes you work on a particular problem, just like show me a sample that deals with this problem. Um, and, and I would argue you almost kind of start there and then go back to, all right, give me an overall strategy here. Like until you have an idea how a house works and you've walked through a couple, you don't care that much about the architecture of a house. You never know. You never know how somebody's going to approach this. Right. Sure. I'm looking at the cookbook recipe for the Visual Studio 2015 Quick Start which shows you how to create an ASP.NET project and download quick start files and set up Visual Studio for TypeScript and, and all that stuff. How is the Visual Studio integration with Angular right now? Uh, it's improving all the time. Now you have to do Visual Studio Update 3, for example, um, uh, to get over some of the hurdles, but it's, it's improving all the time. And it's actually a, um, a point of great interest between Google and Microsoft, yeah. such that more things are on the way to make the process even easier. But uh, as a as a point of reference, my little my little company, IdeaBlade, is um, we've had I guess we're up to about six projects now in Angular two uh, that are and most of our clients are .NET clients, wow. uh, you know, people with a .NET background, and many of them insist on Visual Studio. And so we uh, we we do everything you know they got ASP.NET on the back end and Angular two on the front end and we do everything in Visual Studio for them because they insist on it uh, hmm. you know now we also we you know we hybrid in things so we like to use Visual Co uh, Visual Studio Code a lot right. that's my favorite editor yeah yeah um uh but we're all typescript all the time and it's visual studio and it's asp on the back end for for these clients uh and it it works just fine works just fine now i know that people here's the thing a lot of the people you've been talking to over the last six months they've been they've had to deal with a churn of angular itself and yes. they've had to deal with a churn in visual studio so if you're sitting back there in visual studio 2013 you you know you're, it's rough going yeah. Got to catch up. Well, and I think it's a really interesting question to think how many folks building apps with Angular 2 are the Visual Studio fo type folks and how many of them are are not, you know, that that you get into that much more. It seems like a composing of a development environment. Uh, you know, I want some Sublime and I'm going to build with Yeoman and, yeah. you know, and on and on and on. Right. As opposed to I'm in studio. It does all the things. Thanks for playing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different expectation about what your, your daily life should be like. Sure. Uh, and it's like, are you going to wear LMA or not? You know, and um, <laughs> it's, it does take a commitment, doesn't it? <laughs> you really do have to commit. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm not going to tell you who's wearing LMA on which side of this fence. Uh, <laughs> well, we know, Ward, we know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, One thing I like about wearing podcasts, you just don't have to wear pants. <laughs> I was oh. going to say, as an equal opportunity guy, I took all my clothes off and I'm just <laughs> broadcasting here. <laughs> uh, it's a different kind of scratchy noise into the microphone. <laughs> .NET rocks naked. Listen to it exactly. now. Nobody wants exactly. that. I Put it on. It down. Put it all on. <laughs> Stripping into bare essentials. There you go. But you know what? Uh, uh, and look, look, let's face it. Like uh, half of the people I talk to right. don't know what Visual Studio is. Right. Which is great. Yeah. You know, those people are uh, – that's, that's all, you know, a great source of ideas and uh, perspectives on what we need uh, to develop programs. And this stuff has already been informing Microsoft for the last several years. The whole .NET team, the .NET Core stuff is heavily informed by what's going on in that world. And that's great. 
Um, but I think, um, you know, the other side isn't too keen yet on, on what the, uh, Microsoft developer is used to and the visual, uh, uh, tools that, that we tend to insist on over here. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they don't know what they're missing. Um, and we're working with the visual studio team to, um, make sure that, uh, the people who know how wonderful it can be to live in a graphical environment, um, get to play with Angular 2 as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That integrated environment that just takes so much stuff off the table. It's like, don't worry, that's done. That's done. That's done. That's done. You know, it's, it's very interesting. Although the argument when you get outside of that, maybe go visual studio code or, or whatever in terms of your editor is you are selecting quote, unquote, I'm doing air quotes on a podcast, best of breed. You know, do you really feel that way? Do you get better results when you compose your own? I think most people are not neither inclined nor particularly good at composing their own from all the pieces. And they mm. really want something, um, that, a path that others have uh, trod before them. Yeah. They don't want to invent the new foundation for their software. They want to go on a foundation people know works. It's really tough to go into the boss and say, hey, just let me step aside here and I want to go blaze my own trail. Sure. Maybe write up my own framework and I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember back in like 2003 and there was a bunch of guys saying, don't worry, you can write your own garbage collector. <laughs> exactly. Because that's a good idea. And oh, by the way, then we'll get some data on the screen. But, yeah. but no, boss, right now. I know you want that data on the screen and delivered to the customers, but I promise you I'll be back with yeah. a great framework doing that. Yeah, I'm telling you this deployment approach has at least seven steps, and I think I can get it down to four. Yeah, and it'll be so much easier if I write my own authentication. You've got nothing to worry about. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> what could go wrong? You're okay. <laughs> We're keeping passwords in the database. No, 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 worry. They're, I've, I've, <laughs> I've MD5'd them. It'll be good. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's uh, so. So uh, actually, to some degree, uh, Angular itself is an attempt to say, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna guarantee that there are some fundamental pieces you need for building an application that all right. work together." Yes, and we're going to advance them together. Uh, we're yes, they're modular. So if you feel like you want to write your own router, you go have fun. But I can guarantee that the router that we're providing works with the other thing, the other core that you've got, and the dependency injection and the component. We'll make sure these all advance together. Right. So if you want to go uh, skip down the yellow brick road hand in hand with us, we'll make sure that you get to the Emerald City. Yeah, and, and you don't have to worry about these other details because they are details, and they will bite you later. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I very, I very much appreciate that. At the same time, you want you want to be ready for innovation, right? You want to yeah. be ready for that surprise thing that somebody comes along and says, "I love everything else you do except this one thing." Right. Yeah. So being able to insert something new into the process, like don't exclude that. And I would argue even the Visual Studio guys in 2015, at least, have started doing this. It's like you can sub in these other components if you want. Not that I feel like I need to defend Visual Studio, but isn't it interesting that we are getting to a place where more of our uh, libraries are, A, opinionated. Like there is, you know, without a doubt, a a Angular has a way it thinks things should work. Yeah. And then says, but and these are the steps that have to take place. But you can replace any of these steps if you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And most of us back there are going, don't replace them. It's not going to be good. Yeah. 
but it puts you know it, it it creates great back pressure. So when somebody says this sucks, I'm going to go do it my way. The you know uh, a, a a good team and let me tell you that I've um the people I'm working with at on the Angular team these they're they're bright people as you would expect. Yes. They're they are open minded people mm-hmm. as you might not expect. They are so much fun to work with. They love to talk to people. They you know they they've got their they've got strong egos, strong enough to be able to listen to other people. Yes. It's one of the best groups I've ever worked with. Confidence. So, so they're looking yeah, yeah, they're confident but open, and so so they're looking out at these things too. Like, take the, I mean, the router, which is on, you know, finally on version three. Why, how, what happened there? Hmm. Uh, what happened was that there were some other people who said, "I'm sorry, but your router's no good. We're building our own." And they looked at it and they said, "You know what? Yours is better than ours." Right. Yeah. Yeah, that back pressure works in all directions, doesn't it? Right. It's that it actually encourages everybody to make the best things they can. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is? Oh, it must be that happy time again. You got it. It's time to sew up this dazzling documentation discussion with polyester probing, lame luminosity, and foul feathered fabulousness. Wow. What? That's nothing? Um, I got nothing? Yeah, no. You wounded my alliteration muscle there. Oh, all right. Okay. Clever, but not funny. I got it. I got it. <laughs> it's it's my, actually, my whole life? Okay. <laughs> it's actually time to give away a Music to Code by complete collection to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Of course, Music to Code by is a set of 25-minute Pomodoro-sized, quiet and groovy instrumentals scientifically designed to promote focus. It'll get you into a state of flow and keep you there. And .NET Rocks fans are being more productive with Music to Code by every day. Now you can download the entire 13-track collection for only 39 bucks. See what all the fuss is about. Check it out now at musictocodeby.net. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Eirik Eiderson. Congratulations, Eirik. Yes. Golf clap for you, sir. Golf clap for Eirik. A little bit of the clappers. A little bit of the clappers. And Eirik just won the Music to Code by Complete Collection, which, of course, is going to make him a lot more productive. He said he already had the first three, and now he's looking forward to all the rest of them. That's another 10, as I recall. Yeah, 10 more. So there's 13 total. Can we give him a starter pack of jingles and stuff to listen to? (laughs) (laughs) Only if you sing them, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Does your shoe have a boy inside? What a funny place for a boy to hunt. All right. That's the bucket. The obsequious the purple and clairvoyant. Song. All right. <laughs> Steve Martin. Uh, if you really want to know what we're doing here, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .net Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .net Rocks fan club. But... You have to sign up to win. All right, Ward, it's your turn. You got five grand. You're going shopping. What are you buying? Oh, you know what? I know what I'm buying, and it's it's an electric bicycle. Nice. Which one? Uh, The Gazelle. Um, It's from a Dutch company, and uh, I actually just bought one of these for my wife. Oh. 
and because when you know we started riding around and she's just sitting there chatting away is going up that hill and <laughs> wow. I'm and puffing on my thing and it's a tremendous equalizer um for for people who want to bike together uh and want to go places that maybe they maybe they feel they can't go or maybe they got a bad knee or something like that so we're talking about uh taking that $5000 and going to ride the Swiss Alps on electric bikes. Oh, wow. interesting, right? Wow. And and these I mean it's very much a Dutch product, right? Like it looks like a Dutch style bike, which mm. in some ways is saying like not too fancy and also tastes like chocolate. <laughs> I think that's the <laughs> Belgians, but okay. Dutch uh, cocoa. There you go. Yeah. So what's interesting is they hide the motor so well. Like this is like they borrowed all that stuff from the Tour de France to uh, all those cheaters from the Tour de France have contributed to this technology. What? So they hide the motors inside the pipes? It's in the crank. Well, the one we got is a Bosch motor. It's sitting in the cranks. Right. Huh. Um, and it's got a sealed hub, which means that she's not, you know, my wife and I wouldn't, if I'm riding hers, wouldn't be messing around with the gears back there. So it it, it looks like sort of I'm riding around town uh, until you face the mountain. And then she's like cruising up it as if she was riding down to the grocery store. And I'm back there. <laughs> wow. Sucking Huffing wind. and puffing. Uh, now, I got on one of these, too, and the thing is, it's like crack, man, because in your left hand is this little button, and you can, anytime you're just not feeling it, you just and, uh, you just press that little button, and suddenly it kicks in and whispers in, and, <laughs> and you're lifted up the hill, and it, it's terrible, man. It's hard to lay off the button. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and off you go. It's got a continuously yeah. variable gearing system as well, so you, you don't really shift gears anymore. No, you just kind of, cl- you can click it around and like that, but it, you know, it kicks in when at the right time, you don't, you know, there's no jerking, you know, jerky kind of thing going on. Um, it's also a true bicycle. Here's the key, right? Uh, it has certain rules. It, won't, it only kicks in when you're pedaling and mm. it won't kick in if you're going faster than 20 miles an hour. And those two uh, things meet the legal definition of a bicycle. Nice. As wow. opposed to a scooter, which is why you can take it all the places that a bicycle is allowed and a scooter isn't. Are those yeah. motors available to retrofit onto existing bicycles? Absolutely. There really? are all kinds of kits out there to buy if you want to take an existing bike and just uh, cut it into little pieces and slap this stuff on and then look at what you've done and go out and buy a new bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down there, my friend. I got to tell you, though, since uh, going on the ketogenic diet, my energy has gone through the roof, so I don't even notice the hills anymore. Uh, and I have I, a, a th- I have a... Uh, recumbent uh, three-wheeler bike and it's got 81 speed so if i really want to get down there i can just sit and (laughs) i go really slow up the hill but usually uh, lately i've been devouring hills in a medium gear and it's been pretty awesome i don't even need no motor man you don't need no motor you just (laughs) i don't need no motor all right what the hell are we talking about anyway Well, that's what I was going to do with my money All if right. you gave it to me. All right, good. Uh, hey, one other thing about the docks that I forgot to mention. Can okay. I bring it up? Yeah, sure. Um, one of the other cool things that we do um, is that all of that code that I was talking about um, is sitting actually in in there. You can click it, and it projects into a plunker, which is one of these on the web kind of um, editors, and runs. The, so you run, you get the complete code, or you're running it there. You get to 
make changes to it, break it, say, oh, no, send us a, you know, say, hey, look, this doesn't work. And yeah. you save it off and somebody can get it. So you get an instant repro. There's no excuse for for uh, filing, you know, complaining in a bug request that something doesn't work without actually sending a repro. Because you just fire up one of these things, make your changes and save wow. it and say, here, this is the thing that doesn't work. Uh, and you can download the code. And, and again, this stuff, where does this come from? Why it is generated on the fly out of the um, documentation samples. It's not one of those things that gets put up into Plunker and is stuck up there six months old. It doesn't yeah. actually even exist in the Plunker server. It is hmm. not there. Now, you guys don't have a special playground or anything for Angular. You can use any of the sort of on the web, you know, immediate mode playgrounds for, for Angular. It's no different than any other JavaScript library, right? Exactly. It's not, they don't have their own, so you can, you, um, uh, the the names of the many other good ones are escaping me at the moment. Yeah, but people uh, have but their you pets. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You absolutely bring them out, you know, go to it. Uh, we had to pick something for the docs to, to work with just to smooth the edges there. So we're uh, we're doing it with Plunker, and the guy behind Plunker, Jeff, uh, it's been terrific about helping us do with the integration. I think that's an Estonian name, isn't it? <laughs> um, how many people are working on the documentation? Do you estimate and, you know, off and on off and on it's, Oh gosh. I, I, I did the numbers at one point and maybe 30 people who have contributed. Wow. Can anybody contribute? Anybody can contribute. We invite contributions at all kinds of levels. One of the re one of the, the nice things about a cookbook, for example, is that it's got a lot less, um, you know, lower bar to entry than than uh, a big chapter because you're just focusing on one little story. Um, but you know, one of the great things is that people are going right in there into GitHub and saying, "Hey, you misspelled that word." Uh, or I really think you could rephrase this, and they give me pull pull requests, and we we. We devour them. Nice. Uh, so there's all, all kinds of ways in which you can contribute to the docs that way. Awesome. Awesome. Documentation driven by GitHub. I love that. Yeah. What's the coolest thing you've seen done with Angular yet? Holy smokes. Um, coolest. I. Uh, what surprised you? You know. What surprised. You know, what, yeah. What surprised me is uh, actually what I'll tell you what surprised me is uh, I saw uh, some apps that are down to like 25k. Whoa! Wow! All framework, all in. This is, now this is part of the big push at Angular. Are you listening, Chris? Able, love? Are you listening? I, I know. <laughs> I love Chris, but he's all wrong. Uh, <laughs> we love, love Chris too, except for that wrong part. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just saw him the other day, and I never, you know, it, 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 this is no news to him. Yeah, uh, that what I think about that. But, but uh, you know, the world needs Chris's point of view. Absolutely, yes, I totally agree. Yep. Uh, like, uh, I don't want to say what else it needs. But, All right, so twenty five k. Yeah, and uh, they're not done. So, uh, one of the fascinating things about Angular is the drive. To, to uh, be able to meet the test of being able to run everywhere, even on mobile devices that have bad bandwidth and are yeah. swift. Yeah. Uh, and so the, there, there's been a lot of effort put into how, um, how can we get the compilation done ahead of time, mm -hmm. uh, is a build step. So, uh, 
now, now people may not know, but every framework you've ever seen has done compilation in the browser. What do I mean by compilation? I don't mean like transpile from TypeScript to JavaScript. I mean, you've got this HTML template in one hand and you have your code in the other and something has to, to translate that into JavaScript that, that, that marries the, you know, the, the first person's last name into the into the screen right somebody somebody's got to tr- you know read all that special language and translate it and produce real uh, uh javascript and html right and that's the compilation step and uh, a lot of them do it in the browser on the fly that's the way most frameworks work but but they've got an ahead of time approach so you can get all that out of the way ahead of time you don't ship the compiler down to the browser now because you don't need to compile in the browser right. that's half angular right there uh, and so the code is ready to run. It's optimized code because you can take your time to optimize the code for JavaScript engines. And then, and then you run a tree shaker over the thing, uh, cause it's all designed to be statically analyzable. And so the code you're not using in the framework drops out. Uh, so it just all, you're, you're just throwing stuff away, uh, left, right and center and getting optimized code. And that's what gets uh, loaded into your browser and executed. Mm. So it's amazing. Um, the more we learn about how we can help the uh, tree shaker get rid of stuff, yeah. the smaller these things get. Wow. That's amazing. So you actually saw this running on a very memory constrained phone. And it worked well. I didn't see that part. I only saw like I saw the, the you know the the numbers. I saw the size of this thing. Now it's not all down. To, you know we're not there across the board yet. Mm. Um, but when when you know uh, when I see something down to even a hundred k, it's like, are you kidding? That's a couple of uh, images, and we're yeah. uh, and it's ready to execute. So I, I it's uh, it's remarkable. And I'm talking all the application, all the parts and pieces. Um, down into one thing. Wow. Um, so Amazing. now no jQuery in there, but <laughs> yeah, well, you don't really need it anymore. Do you? No, you're not supposed to have that there. So there's ways you can screw it up, but I'm, I'm super impressed by, uh, what can be done there. And they're not done. They're not done figuring out how I, the API is there. So again, this goes back to where we started about, uh, mm. whether they're, whether this is the Angular 2 you see today is the Angular 2 you're writing in tomorrow. It, it is, uh, the, but the foundation is there for continuing to, um, mm. chip away at what we don't, you know, to get us what we need, really need and get rid of what we don't need. Yeah, and I'm looking at your milestones and and uh, you know organizational pull requests and stuff in GitHub. I, I seem to do a lot more of this these days with humanitarian toolbox and things. It's just like, yeah, you, you've got a good structure around. This is stuff we we don't know when we're going to fix it. When we you know this is on the a current milestone that we're trying to get to. Like it's really interesting to see how do you organize all this. This looks like direct uh, editor in chief thinking. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, and and people are on a mission. Yeah, they're on a mission. And you know what? It's not. It's um. It's a mission that's driven partly by idealism, but it's also driven by Google, because you know what? Google pays the bills, right? Yeah. And Google has a compelling interest in uh, a very fast Angular that runs on mobile. Right. Yeah. It has a business interest in that. This is the bulk of web consumption today. Now, right? If you're if, at least if you're consumer facing. Exactly. Mm. And although I'm not in my own life and my own, you know, our own world, we're very enterprise oriented, designing applications to be used by employees and close business um, partners. Everybody benefits from uh, a smaller, faster framework. Sure. 
Yeah, sure does. Within the limits of sacrifice, right? Like, what do you have to give up to make that true? Well, exactly. Uh, so, and I'm, you know, I'm always pushing back like uh, on that and saying, hey, you know, we're, we're out here. We enterprise developers are out here. Uh, very glad you're going for that. But let's make sure that the developer process is uh, good and that we're delivering the product yeah. that we need when when we're writing, you know, from, from my constituency, which is, of course, the only constituency that matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, from an enterprise perspective, I think it, more than ever, it's like we have control of the browser, you know, within an organization. So you don't have to spend a lot of cycles dealing with that a huge diversity of browsers. And you have, um, you know, sort of captive audience to some degree that's mostly about maintainability of the software than anything else, right? That it, that right. it can continue to adapt to what the enterprise needs for the least amount of effort, right? Just trying to manage costs. Mm. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and and th their voices, um, uh, very compelling voices, uh, making sure that that side of things is, is kept up uh, at the same time as we're um, trying to drive to to meet the needs of the people who are more consumer facing on the small devices. Uh, but you know what? More and more enterprises are saying, boy, I sure wish I could run my app on something more mobile or, uh, and uh, so it, it circles around. It's, it's a, it's a reinforcing community. Absolutely. So, I mean, do you think you've really broken new ground on the way documentation works? Because you're clearly passionate about this thing. You wanted to make things right, but were you modeled after anything? Do you, is there other docs out there that you love? Oh, I think that there are other people who who do very graceful things. I I, I think, uh, yeah, and I think the the grace of your interaction with it is something that I would like. I'd like to be able to improve. Um, there's some there's some really beautiful documentation out there. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that we're more fo we've been more focused on delivering uh, accurate documentation that's absolutely yeah. up to the minute right and um but i don't think you have to sacrifice beauty for that so i think there's a frontier for us uh and we can you know there are other people i'm always gosh you, you know this if you're a musician or what or an artist or whatever you, you do your best right and all you can do is see the flaws and how you write and then you read somebody else's prose or you hear somebody else's song and you wish you wrote that yeah uh so there's a lot of great writers out there Sure. It's, a, it's always worth keeping on looking, right? Like you, you, you'll see, you'll always see new things. Yep. It, it's important. I yep, mean, yep. it's funny you mentioned Bill Wagner early on in this because he's gotten pulled into the whole documentation of, of C sharp. Yeah. You know, they, it's, it's interesting to see some of the smartest people I know just trying to get documentation right. Like it's so yeah. important. Hmm. It, yeah. It's really, you don't have a product unless you have documentation because if it's there and nobody knows it's there, it might as well not be there. Right. And I, I tip my hat to Google for their investment in it. And I know Microsoft is investing in it too. Uh, I know, for example, that uh, Rob Eisenberg just joined uh, Microsoft recently yes. to help them get their documentation going. And Rob is one of the best uh, documentation writers. I've ever, I mean, his stuff, I, I just love reading what Rob writes about his framework, Aurelia, uh, which, by the way, just because he's going to Microsoft doesn't mean Aurelia is going away. It right. just means he's got uh you know i don't want to put that out there in case anybody thought otherwise uh, and by the way there's a lot of there's a lot of believe it or not uh there are all these rival frameworks and everybody thinks we hate each other but i, I don't i don't think we do um so no. uh we're all busily borrowing from and each you're other. all friends anyway too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, i think the goals are common like you, you really are just trying to help folks build better websites right 
Absolutely. It's a great community. Uh, So, so gosh, there's so much to do. I saw some F sharp documentation the other day and, but nobody I think has, um, has what we have in terms of this commitment at the moment has this, this commitment to always running, always tested code. Right. Uh, that you, you know, you open that, you open our documentation and you know, that's the truth because uh you know i mean the pros may you know the pros may lag we have to go fix that we could make mistakes there but if you cut you know if you grab a piece of code it works yeah yeah that's what that's what you want when you're digging in uh who's writing the samples i don't know how many of you writing the samples like just the person who writes the text writes the sample interesting right so i mean and therein lies a really interesting thing about style of code and 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 approach to things i presume you're not having spaces versus tab debates i'm hoping Please tell me. We have uh, we have uh, linters that go over. We have a standard style across everything. We have a right. standard theme. So we have this heroes theme. Uh, we have a linter. So again, as part of our CI process, everything has to match up to our style, that, mm-hmm. which pretty much matches the style guide we recommend for others. Right. Uh, uh, and you know, it's all cross reviewed. So somebody sees they, something they don't like, we just talk to the author and say, "Well, it would be a lot better if you did X." Right. And it's also, you know, part of our, one of our principles is that uh, we don't have anything that doesn't have samples. So the person who, who is the author of a particular topic uh, is responsible for that sample, often starts with the sample before we've written any of the pros. It's sort of a, you know, free flow back and forth. But the, which I think is very smart, right? I mean, in the end, the, the code is what should drive these things. Absolutely. But do you find that with that set of standards, you almost can't, you know, you can't tell one person's code from another? If we've done our job right, you can't tell who wrote the documentation or who wrote the sample. Right. Very good. So how much time do you – are you actually reviewing each piece? Like who else has pull request privileges? Um, there's, a, there's a small number of us that can actually push the green button. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, because we want to be responsible. Right. Uh, yeah. But there's more than one. And uh, we all, you know, uh, we all sort of – somebody will raise their hand and say, I'll, I'll review so-and-so's piece because they're interested in it. Uh, I think another principle that I have is that I want people, you know, when it comes to assignments, I want it to be something that the author's passionate about. Right. With this large core of, of um, authors, uh, <clears throat> that's really – you know, the first, you know, it'll usually come up. We have a meeting uh, twice a week and it's somebody will say, boy, I really wish there were something there. They, they keep making that mistake because every time they say, I really wish we had something on, I say, that's yours. Yeah. <laughs> we, you, we, that can get done by you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks by, for volunteering. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for volunteering. Uh-huh. Uh, and, every, and then the person goes quiet for a second, says, I did that. I did it again. They say to themselves. <laughs> yeah. But. But those are the kind of people we have on the team, and then they 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 leap to it, and um, yeah, and it's driven by the uh, the people's passion, and they they've written the code, they've been trying to figure something out anyway, and so it flows that way. Uh, we don't have a back room of uh, people who are looking at the clock, uh, and we they get an assignment thrown at them in their inbox. This is this all comes from within, right? And and you're right. Leading with the code is such a clever way because in trying to make something work or trying to understand something, you wrote code until it worked. Then you go into that sort of complaint phase of you have this problem. I've worked on it up to this point. You know, it should be like this. So it totally makes sense to say, okay, well, now finish the job and write the item. So here's the flip side of that. What usually happens with somebody who's passionate is that they can't wait to tell you every nook and cranny, every feature. uh, 
And uh, so sometimes these samples are, f- and I, I am a, uh, uh, I'm one of the people who commits this error. Sure. Uh, they're full of all kinds of going, like, I can't wait to show you this dark corner. Look what's behind this door. <laughs> right. It's like, no, man, uh, nobody wants to go there. Don't tell me about how you struggled and did that. I don't want to see cares. your dark corner. Put on some gold lame pants and get on, and get on with life. Yeah, dancing, go down that <laughs> runway and dance down the runway. I vogue it a little. So, work it, uh, work it, work it. <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying, Ward. You often have to simplify and just cut, throw stuff out. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's really interesting. I'm terrible with my own stuff, but I can yeah. see it in others. Right? <laughs> I, I can see everybody else's faults. <laughs> so, Ward, this show comes out the day you, Dan, and John are doing your building single-page applications with Angular 2 workshop at Dev Intersection in Vegas. So, if you're listening to this, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but where, Too late. Yeah, but where, where's the next place that somebody can go to one of your workshops? Oh, man. Uh, there was one uh, scheduled today in Orlando, and of course, the hurricane hit. Yeah. Today being October 7th, yeah. 7th, right, because you mentioned it earlier in the show. But, but act- uh, after October 25th, um, are you going to any other conferences where we can see you talk and uh, talk to you about this stuff? Well, I know that personally, I, uh, Dan and John are always uh, doing this stuff continuously, and they are worth, uh, it's worth following John Papa and Dan Walleen. And presumably yeah. you're going to reschedule the Orlando event. And that's going to be rescheduled. Yeah. I personally am um, more likely to, to just stay home and, and keep, the Google, <laughs> keep our docs going and yeah. things like that. I'll be at NGConf in the spring. I'll be at Dev Intersections in the spring okay. as well, uh, you know, because I, I love going to Dev Intersections and I think everybody should go there yeah. Uh, yeah, twice a year. So uh, if you're not, you know, if you haven't been, go do it. Um, but um, so, so I have my favorite set of conferences, but I, I, uh, I, those guys are really in the workshop business. Mm, yeah. uh, I'm in the business of making sure that the docs pr- proceed well. And IdeaBlade is in the business of helping people build Angular 2 apps. Oh, great. Uh, so, so that's what we do there. Oh, I, I forgot to mention Breeze. You know, yeah. we've been, I've been on the show and talked about Breeze and how to manage data and stuff like that. And we've written an Angular 2 bridge for Breeze. We're using Breeze in all of our Angular 2 apps. Wow. It's just like drop in and go and stop worrying about data. So it's, uh, that's been successful. I love it. That's so awesome. You guys just keep doing awesome things. We can't keep up either, but I'm glad you came on the show to tell us about the docs. And if somebody wants to contribute to the documentation of Angular 2, where should they go? They should go right to uh, Angular.io, uh, on the GitHub, I mean, GitHub, uh, Angular, Angular.io. And uh, they should follow the readme there. It, it describes a number of ways you can contribute and file an issue with, if you've got a, if you said, I really want to write about X, file an issue that says at the top, I want to write about X, and we review that stuff. And uh, uh, Great. we're always adding people to the uh, stable. Awesome. Ward, thanks so much. It's been a great way to kick off the day of recording here at the studio for me. And uh, I'm sure everybody else enjoyed it as well. I can smell the love. (laughs) That's not love you smell. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you next time on .NET Rocks.
Net Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got